Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Asia Kennedy. Hello everyone, my name is Aisha Kennedy, your host. Thank you so much for being here today. I have a wonderful guest that I'm going to introduce you to, uh, but I quickly want to mention that you can join in the conversations and stay connected on my Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. It's free and we discuss all things creative, artful, mindful, spiritual, all in a very safe and sacred space with other women. And at www.asiakennedy.com, you will find other offerings to help you live a mindful, creative life. And so now I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest today, Jackie Ray Anderson. Now, I, I like to describe Jackie as a wise woman who has come in to guide others in the calling of their soul and to explore their spiritual side, their spiritual self, and discover ways that support feminine empowerment. Now, those are my words, and I'm going to let Jackie just tell you a little bit more about what she does in her words. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Aisha. I'm excited to be sharing this uh, amazing journey that you're on with your uh, women and to be bringing my knowledge and my skills and my gifts, uh, hopefully to share and inspire your audience today. And we were just speaking briefly before we started. And I want to let you know that your words touch my heart so deeply. And, and it is such an honor to be recognized as a wise woman, because as someone who is younger, sometimes stepping into that power can be very scary and often people will question it. And I've come to a place where I'm able to own that and step into this role as a spiritual mentor, yoga teacher, uh, as well as someone who guides and inspires others. Yes, I think that's a wonderful point too, because you are quite young. And I think for the listeners and for other women out there that are young and are afraid to really step into their power, because a lot of us have come in with such wisdom and knowledge and the age doesn't matter. And um, just as an encouragement for listeners and, and women who are young to really be able to step into that space. And what what was it that helped you to step into that space, even though you, your mind might have said, oh, but you're, you're so young, you don't have the right, or whatever it was, what was the dialogue going on that um, you had to sort of um, rise above in order to do the work that you've come in to do? Yeah, it's such an interesting point, and thank you for bringing it up. I guess for me, age, like you said, has has not been an issue for me since the age of 12. I've always been thought of as a 20 or 30 year old, I feel like in some instances, I was robbed of my innocence in some ways, <laughs> because I was always assumed that I was an older woman. And now that I am almost in my 30s, people are like, oh, aren't you younger? So but it also works on the other side of, oh, don't you have children, which I, I don't. So it's interesting um, how many assumptions are made over the quality or the value of a woman based on her age when really women are this huge powerful vessel not bound by such 
menial definitions. Mm, definitely. And I could so relate to that whole story about um, having children, not having children, because I, mm. I didn't have children and I really felt like a misfit <laughs> because yeah. um, society, I mean, that is what women do. And and I think, it, and I'm, I love children and I love my women friends who have them, but it wasn't my path. And I, and I had to go on my own personal journey just to really accept that in myself and to really honor it, that that's my path. And I'm quite really at peace with all of that now. And I think that's an important thing that we do have to find our own way. And it might be very, very different than what society describes. Yeah. And I guess that was a huge part of my journey as well. So when I came to, I guess, understand and accept that I had power, a lot of that for me, the self-talk and the journey to finding that power was self-love. So a lot of what, you know, they say that term, you you teach what you most need to learn. And I feel for me, my whole life has been this beautiful culminating um, pot of opportunities to learn self-love, starting at a very young age where you know, that, that term misfit very much aligns to my experience as someone who conventionally did not fit in with her tribe and had a lot of trouble finding connection. So, yeah, I, I can, I'm more than happy to share that story, part of that story if it's something your listeners would be interested in hearing. I'd love to know that because I really think that for all of us, there is a point in our lives that is sort of um, an aha moment. And it sometimes feels like mm. a crisis, but it actually leads us to be on our path and purpose. So yeah, I'd love to know a memorable, memorable event or a time mm. in your life where um, that was an issue for you and how that brought you to your current path and purpose and teaching. Mm. So a large part of the work that I do is that I'm a yoga teacher. And before I committed myself fully to teaching yoga instead of it just being, you know, part of my, I'm just doing that on my way to getting my university degree, was that I was studying to be a school teacher. So I draw on a lot of that knowledge and I might even refer to learning styles as I talk about this. But when it's quite interesting that I am in a lot of fields to do with health and well-being because my own health and well-being was quite challenged growing up. I, I have a few different disorders and conditions which affected both my appearance and my ability to perform in physical tasks. Mm-hmm. So anything that uh, requires me to get hot or exert myself is very challenging because I don't have the same biological makeup as most people do to cool down and manage those challenging environments. So I find it quite ironic that I then went to become a personal trainer, a PE teacher, and now a yoga teacher. <laughs> ironic, really. Um, and I even did outdoor education, after which I realized that that was kind of my edge being out in the 40 degree Australian heat really wasn't the best uh, port of call for me, even though I love the bush and the solitude that it brings. Mm. So I faced a lot of exclusion, a lot of criticism because I didn't look like the other children because of uh, the disorder that I have, because I didn't get second teeth. I didn't grow body hair, including hair on my head. So a lot of my youth was spent 
feeling quite ostracized and really disconnected from the feminine because I'm tall. I have broad shoulders, big hands, and then I had no hair. So this whole journey for me was being called a boy my whole life. Mm. Um, so coming to the feminine, it doesn't surprise me that I, I have spent a lot of my uh, early to late 20s exploring and rediscovering the feminine because for me it was very easy to go into the pushing and the striving and the certainty of the masculine when I had spent so much of my childhood uncertain and left out. Yeah, and that that energy of trying to prove yourself and prove your worth from a more outer uh, perspective rather than coming from that internal space that we now know, what we call the feminine, that supports us in that self-love, which supports yeah. us in, in being in our value and not having to strive to be something from um, the outer. Mm, and it's such a big lesson, this self-love. And I see it a lot in different different people's work around coming to self-love and doing practices like gratitude and body love. And it, and it sounds really beautiful, but it's not that simple. And for me, I feel like yoga has provided me the platform to really help teach and learn self-love because it's providing you with access to all seven different learning styles. So when we think about how we learn something as well as unlearn something, there's the visual aspect, how you see it, images, colour, you know, you think about media as well as when you're in yoga, you actually are physically seeing poses. Mm. And then you've got the auditorial or the um, oral. And I love with yoga how you cleanse with sound and music like chanting or even uh, just listening to beautiful music. The verbal where you have to listen to instructions, the physical doing, which is really my gift, connecting to my body was what really helped with self-love. So feeling how it moves, honoring. I'm also someone who's had eating disorders and exercise addiction. So really learning to connect back to what my physical body wants Mm. has been hugely important as well as the interpersonal and intrapersonal learning and coming from that space of balancing the logical and the flow. Mm. And just going to the physical part, when you said embodiment, you know, Mm. um, we see that word a lot and it's, it's a really beautiful, um, it's a beautiful thing to be embodied. And I'd like Mm. you to give the listeners your description or your meaning of embodiment and what that means to you and what you, and how you teach that. Mm. It's such a, such a big question. So many things that I could say. Um, the practice that I use most commonly for embodiment is actually connecting to nature's cycles and the cycle of my period. And, you know, for me, I call that my moon cycle because it feels more soft and gentle Mm -hmm. than, um, you know, society's uh, take on it as menstruation or period. I I really like moon cycle. So by embodying my feminine, and honoring the fact that I bleed every month. My body goes through what we call the little death of letting go every month, but it also has the capacity to create new life. So for me, embodiment means honoring the fact that I am a woman and loving the shit out of it. I hope Mm. we can swear. (laughs) Yes, that's fine. (laughs) Um, 
And it is. Yeah, it's, it it's goes back to self-love, doesn't it? I mean, we have to mm. love all the aspects of being human. And part of that is having a body. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about yoga practice is that it does help people to be in their body. I mean, we all have a body, but not everybody inhabits it. And I yeah. think the yoga practice is something that helps people to really feel the safety and the expansion and everything that's possible when you are really in the body. Yeah. And I think there's also like yoga traditionally, let's be honest, it's a masculine practice. It totally. was designed, it, mm. it was for men. So in my own teaching, the way that I teach women now, it's much more fluid and much less structured. So mm. when I come to a yoga class with women, I want it to be more organic so that they can embody what feels right for them. I don't want us all to be in down dogs struggling if it's not feeling good, you know, I want women to be able to stop and say, hey, you know what, I actually am really tired. I'm just going to lay on the floor on my belly mm. and have sleep. Mm. Um, and, you know, really traditional yoga sleeping. I remember when I did my original teacher training, you did not fall asleep. God forbid you fell asleep during relaxation. But I have women snoring, mm. um, sleep talking, twitching, and they love it because mm. they are obviously exhausted. And I don't want the women of the world to be exhausted anymore. Mm. Yeah, it's an excellent point. That whole thing of struggle, I think um, we truly are moving into a new paradigm and it's exciting mm -hmm. to move into a new paradigm where uh, women everywhere are realizing that we can't just adopt the sort of patriarchal paradigm that has been out there and that we try to mold and fit into that we really do need to create for ourselves and for each other another way of being that isn't about struggle. It's about finding the flow. Mm -hmm. It's about giving ourselves permission yeah, such a beautiful word, word, permission. And I would say permission is a key tenet as well as surrender and vulnerability. And there's some really amazing people doing work around that. Obviously, Brene Brown and vulnerability is a huge body of work that I really love and subscribe to, as well as the fact that she brings it up with humor. And I think humor and laughter and fun and joy yeah. are key ingredients that our lives are just missing out on. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I did yoga teacher training as well many years ago, and I found that um, it was quite uh, male oriented, and it was <laughs> very, very serious. Yes. <laughs> very serious. So it's lovely that um, we can offer a, a different way of um, being in our yoga practice with lightness and with permission and with vulnerability and with surrender. I love all of that. That just sounds so juicy. So do you, do you um, hold live classes or do you do online classes? I do a mixture of both. So I, I do a lot of, like I own a studio, look at me stumbling over my words, owning my power. <laughs> so I, I actually run my own studio, which is very successful and booked out every term that I run classes. So for that reason, I have expanded online because I see a need in women worldwide, mm. mothers, daughters, sisters, to come back to this body wisdom, to come back to being enough and to come back to really finding connection 
in that sense of tribe. So one of the first spiritual journeys I ever went on was through a system called the chakras. So I know you will know what that means, but um, for people who don't know what that means, the chakras are uh, seven key energy points in the body in one line and they essentially help to understand, regulate and balance our emotions our thoughts, our physical functioning, as well as, um, you know, a patterning across lifetimes. So when I came to yoga, learning about my base chakra was, was my first lesson. And the base chakra is all about belonging, safety, abundance. And those are all things that I had struggled with my whole life. The whole misfit concept is about not fitting in. So I had to do a lot of work on my base chakra. And when I was finished with that, I then had to work, move on to my sacral chakra, which was my sexuality and my role as a woman. And did I open Pandora's box or what? There is so much <laughs> in society around being a woman mm. as well as belonging and tribe that we're, that we're just scratching the surface on right now. As you said, this new paradigm um, I, I really do believe in when we had the feminist uprising or the feminist res- revolution that it was an external revolution but internally women had not awoken and that they were not aware or in ownership of their true potential power. Yeah, I think because a lot of of the path that we're on is about embracing not just the light but the shadow side of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in that shadow, as you mentioned, there can be things like shame and especially around the second chakra of sexuality, I think. And so I think it's um, an important thing for our listeners and women out there to embrace that, yes, there's light and shadow and, and that we can together, um, right, you know, just really take ownership of those little bits and pieces of the the guilt or the shame. And um, as you say, Brene Brown has done wonderful work in this area and it's really liberating. Mm, so beautiful. Um, and I feel like collectively we are awakening and taking that ownership and I love being someone who can facilitate and witness that as well as nourish uh, women and see them light up. I've mm. just finished teaching an eight-week yoga term and I, I had the capacity to gift all of my women a beautiful little gift bag which had an organic tea bag, a room spray um, and just a poem, or not a poem actually, a verse from Marianne Williamson's book, A Return to Love, um, the one that finishes with, you know, who are you not to be? Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's yes. the line I can remember. She does. She says, who, from right who, are you, who are you not to be brilliant? That is the yeah. line, and I just love that. Yeah, and who so, are we not to be brilliant? Yeah, it was just such a beautiful thing to witness those women receive that and mm. light up because I remember when I started that journey, Marianne Williamson was one of the first books that I was gifted from Lisa Fitzpatrick. And after reading it, I felt like my entire world had been blown apart, you know, that death. And that's part of the shadow. And I, I really do feel that um, when we do start to chip away and uncover these parts of ourselves that we're getting a little bit lost you know like the whole idea of integrity and discernment so the integrity to own what is true for you and the discernment to believe and listen to other people um 
really comes to the forefront for me, particularly in the last six months, I've been much more discerning around the information I subscribe to Mm. versus my inner truth. Yeah, because I think a lot of um, us as we're growing up as young girls, we're taught to be polite and Mm. we're not really taught to question and to use our discernment and to use all that those powers that we have. We we really actually dampen them down. Um, You know, not everyone, I can't make a big general statement, but I know for (laughs) myself and for quite a few women that that is the conditioning that we've grown up with. And and we're peeling those layers away from us now and um, really coming into a much freer and authentic place with each other and and bringing our gifts into the world. Mm, I totally totally agree. And it is such a blessing that there are women like you, like me, like Lisa, that are Mm. facilitating that awakening. And I just want to let any women out there that are really struggling with life not feeling right, that they don't have to be tired. Mm. They don't have to wake up every morning dreading going to work or dreading being showing up as a parent and they don't have to end the day exhausted I remember what that was like and I wouldn't wish that for any woman on earth I would wish her the ability to begin to take this spiritual journey so that she can start to really take ownership and empowerment in her life That's so beautiful, Jackie. Thank you for sharing that. It's such a beautiful offering for women out there to really, yeah, take the time to just feel in, tune in. Don't push yourself. Don't struggle. And um, to really take care and love yourself first because when you love yourself, you have that cup full to give to others and to know that you're enough. Yeah, definitely. And I feel that that's what yoga and meditation gift women Mm. particularly uh, and women have this and and, you know I've had this conversation with multiple people in the spiritual world that women are just naturals at this stuff you know men Mm. have seemed to have to work a lot harder at this than we do Mm. particularly um, you know one of my roles uh, in my work is a doula and when you meet a woman and she is pregnant and she is giving birth Her concept of being open to spirituality, different ways of doing things, awakening, is so powerful. And I wish that women didn't have to get to the point where they're having a baby to realize how important nourishing themselves are. I've I've taught career women who have never taken a sick day off in their life you know, miss yoga consistently because they're working and then suddenly they're pregnant they're just taking a day off to go to the movies now and can they do, you know, three personalised yoga sessions a week? Mm. And it's like, and it's a celebration for me because it's like, oh, I'm so glad you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Because that, she can, that woman can do that for herself every week. It's not indulgent. It's not selfish. It's deserved. Mm. So would you like to perhaps um, I was thinking maybe the listeners would like to that are listening to this and thinking, yeah, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm this, I'm that. Um, is there something that we could do that's something really simple that we could do on a daily basis that might help us to connect a little more deeply to our bodies or connect to us, our soul or our spirit and be nourished on a, a you know, 
on a daily basis because, um, you know, a lot of women don't have time to go to a class, but maybe if they just start with something simple, doors will open inside themselves. And, um, yeah, I just thought you might have a little tip or a tool that's, that can be a takeaway from today. Yeah, definitely. So I'd really to encourage the women to lay down, to listen or to sit, whatever suits them. It can be as they're waking up or as they're going to bed, a meditation. And I, I provide women with a lot of meditation, both free and paid content, but I, I post a lot on SoundCloud. So if you're wanting something that's um, made with love for women, um, I'll share a link with um, Aisha to share with everyone for a meditation that they can do in their spare time. And I think there's a lot of stigma around meditation, but essentially I'm just inviting you to stop. Mm. It doesn't even matter if you listen to the words. It doesn't matter if you enjoy it. But I want you to watch the process that occurs when you stop for those five or ten minutes, whatever you have time for, and really start to think about how you felt in those five minutes. And the bet is that if you are a busy, exhausted woman, sitting down for five minutes, you're not going to want to get back up. And that's a sign that you need to stop. You need to stop pushing and you need to start re-evaluating the way you're doing life. Mm. I think that's really important point. I think a lot of us are just running and running and running. Um, <laughs> And not giving ourselves the time to really feel in because we're afraid to feel that we're exhausted. Mm. We're afraid to feel that it's all too much. And the first step is to really stop and assess and feel where you're at mm. in that moment and then take let it, it from, all in. Yeah, let it all <laughs> in. And and like Eckhart Tolle says, it takes one conscious breath. He calls one conscious breath meditation. And I think that's beautiful because mm -hmm. the concept exactly. of meditating, people go, oh, I don't have time. But you yeah. do because it's a very simple, it's just about pausing, like you say, and being aware. Yeah. So that's, that's beautiful that they can go to SoundCloud and I will put that up on the, the show notes for the for this episode mm -hmm. so that people can click on that link and go directly there. And mm -hmm. do you have a website, Jackie, that you'd like to just share with us? Yeah, of course. It's just JackieRay.com, nice and simple, J-A-C-Q-U-I-R-A-E. Very easy to remember, hopefully. Beautiful. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with us that um, would help the listeners in their journey to, yeah, just be healthy, be in enough to feel self-love um, mm. and to really follow their nature cycles, which I think is a really important thing for women to follow their nature cycles? Mm. I would say don't be afraid mm. to take the first step. Because it's not about doing it perfectly. You know, for me, whenever I was doing yoga or meditation, I'd be like, okay, I have to do it every day or not at all. And that's really coming from that masculine space instead of meeting yourself where you're at and then just doing what feels good, mm -hmm. going with an attitude of seeking pleasure and joy. Beautiful. Pleasure and joy. All you mm. listeners out there, pleasure <laughs> and joy. Let's take that away with us. That is absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Jackie, for being here today. 
Thank you for having me. I've Thank enjoyed you. my time immensely. Thank you. Bye. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.